We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. Happy New Year, my friends. So good to see you. And welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV Chris Van Vliet, and I love that we're starting 2023 here inside the Blue Wire Studios at Win Las Vegas. You've heard me say it so many times before in the past, but I think you'd agree that recording an interview in person is just so much better. But there's something that's extra special when you're inside the studio here that takes the conversation to a whole other level. And if you haven't seen any of the videos, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out any of the videos, any of the interviews that we've done inside the Blue Wire Studios on my YouTube channel over the last year and a half or so. It is such an incredible spot. I'm just so grateful to be able to record here. And today we are joined by the world's greatest arm wrestler. Monster Michael Todd is with us, and he has 21 world titles and 36 national titles. And he is someone who walks the walk and talks the talk. I love that he has the mindset to want to get better every single day. And with so many people talking this time of year about New Year's resolutions, which by the way, I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolutions, and I'm sure we'll do a whole separate episode about that and why they fail for so many people. But since we are starting off a new year, this is the perfect conversation to kick off 2023 with. He also gives some great advice on how you can win any arm wrestling match. So when you're done with this episode, you can go have a match with one of your friends and you'll just be shocked by these are just like little things that you would never think about that make you that much better. Find him on Instagram. He's at Monster Michael Todd. Check him out on YouTube. Also, just Monster Michael Todd. His YouTube channel is exploding. You can find me or my YouTube channel. It's just Chris Van Fleet. And a big shout out to Sizer Carter, our fan of the week who left this review on Apple Podcasts. It says, thank you. You rock, CVV. Insight with CVV is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to on my way to work. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We're reading one review on every single episode, so leave a few words on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it out here on one of our upcoming episodes. Here we go. Let's dive into this. Ladies and gentlemen, Monster Michael Todd. You truly live up to your name. Like when your name is Monster Michael Todd, you have to be a, a relatively big dude. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I haven't always been this size. I used to. I don't believe that at <laughs> all. Stop it. Came out just like this, born exactly like this. 
Now, I, I've, I've won. I've been competing for a long time, and my first ever national championships was 176. You weighed 176 yeah, pounds? same height, same That's frame. less than I weigh. Exactly. And I'm 5'10". Yeah, so I'm six, a little over 6'3", and uh, my first nationals in 1992, I was 176. And but what I, do you weigh now? Mm, 260, probably. I've been 330 before, though. So. How many humans did you have to eat to get that big? <laughs> I would assume quite a few. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's like to gain 100 plus pounds. Well, it's just, I, mean, I, was, I was a 19-year-old kid at my first national championships. I started arm wrestling in 1990. I was 17 years old and uh, just a redneck from Arkansas. And then now I've just, you know, kept getting bigger. And, but I'm, I mean, I can, I can gain weight really easy. Like, I, I don't have a... I have an endomorph body type, so I can get fat. I'm like a big 300-pound country boy if I just ate what I want. But if I eat clean, I look fit. You know? So, like, what's a day in your normal diet? I mean, it's normally one-to-one -one protein to carbs, about 350 protein, 350 carbs, about 100 grams of fat. Try to keep it clean. Uh, the leaner I get, the more freedom I have. So, the more cheap meals I get to eat. Normally, it's about 4,000. 4,000 calories? If I ate 4,000 calories, I would... I would weigh three, or would, yeah, I'd weigh three hundred pounds and not look good at all. Well, you got a pretty good metabolism. I doubt that. For I mean, now, I have yeah. pizza. Pizza's my weakness. Oh my god! Oh. So, what's your favorite pizza? Like favorite type of pizza? Favorite chain type, oh, whatever you want. Boy, because I'm about to nail you with ours, and that's why we're here. Okay. Uh, so, I love pepperoni pizza. Like I'm okay. a classic pepperoni pie. Right. And I love a New York style. Now that I live in California, it's very, very hard to find like a really good New York style of pizza. So my fiance is going to kill me because she hates the pizza from there, but I love Domino's. Okay. Dude, I love Domino's. Man, the three toppings, seven ninety nine carry out. Oh my God. <laughs> it's such about? a good deal. <laughs> then they've, they've got that other thing where it's like two items for five ninety nine each. Uh, those are medium though. That's just not going to make it. Work. That's <laughs> not, not going to work you. for me. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Dom, seriously, as far as carry out Domino's, we were big fans, but Giordano's pizza. So we're huge Chicago style. And we were here two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago for the rodeo. Like four days and we ate Giordano's three times. Oh my God. Dude, we're, we're fanatics. It's horrible. I, this is where we're going to have to disagree though because I think the Chicago style pizza to me is more like a casserole. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Uh, that that's fine, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like a pizza. Like if I have to eat pizza with a fork and a knife, it doesn't really feel like pizza anymore to me. Yeah, maybe so, but I still love it. <laughs> we're, yeah. huge, we're huge New York style pizza. We're huge traditional Italian pizza. Like when we go to Italy, yeah. I love eating pizza in Italy, but um, and I hear, we have a lot of Italian friends. Because of arm wrestling, we have friends all over the world, right? Sure. And uh, they're like, oh, that's not a real pizza. I'm like, no, Giordano's is amazing. <laughs> so if I pick up a slice of pizza and it, it flops down on me. Oh, you, know, you got the I'm, real deal. I'm out. I'm like, I don't even, <laughs> I know it's going to be awful. I don't want to bite into it. Yeah. But especially when you're in New York and you grab that slice and it's just rigid and you bite into it and you get the little. And I'm like, oh, that's it. It's, yeah, it, the crispy definitely helps. I want the little, just a little crunch there. <laughs> but could you eat anything if you wanted to like and be lean and be fit no <laughs> there's some people though yeah so i was like 240 five days ago um <laughs> what <laughs> yeah so I, I i was about 249 we came to vegas uh i ate bad for three days i was 258 i had to make 240s for a competition five days later so i got down to 240 and then i cheated and i'm like 260 again <laughs> so i gotta make 231s for a world title match in istanbul and like Four and a half weeks. You sound like the type of guy that when you look at food, you gain weight. I do. It's bad. So there's weight limits in arm wrestling. Okay, so I've been this. I've, I've been the heavyweight and super heavyweight world champ in one league or another for like the last ten to fifteen years. Wow. And uh, so I'm actually cutting down. They've got a new weight class. It's kind of they change the weight classes up, which used to be heavyweight, 
is now a light heavyweight, 231 pounds, 105 kg. That does not feel like a light heavyweight. It, it, it doesn't, but I'm going after that world title. It's a, it's a young man from Kazakhstan, Angarbayev. You're Angarbayev. He's a bad dude. Bless um, you. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, so I got to pull him January 21st in Istanbul, Turkey for the world title. So let's take this way back. Yeah, we, we just jumped all over okay. the place. And I love this. So we're going to talk more about pizzas later too, I'm sure. <laughs> but if we take this way back, I feel like every guy in high school is arm wrestling, just kind of like as a, a show of strength. How does that turn into something well beyond that where this is something you're doing for a living? Okay, so I grew up in Arkansas. So I'm just a country boy, redneck from Arkansas who used to arm wrestle. Now, I wasn't really into team sports. Now, my father, he had like, college scholarships to go play football and all that. And he got injured his senior year. And he always wanted me to be, you know, I played backyard football, you know, like just out in the yard and slamming people to the ground. I enjoyed that. But regular, you know, sports in school, I just didn't really do it. I got into martial arts. I once saw Karate Kid when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, I got to take karate. And uh, I got a black belt when I was 14. And then I did Shotokan and Taekwondo and Thai boxing. And I was pretty proficient. But I always was a redneck who liked arm wrestling. And, uh... I used to always arm wrestle my dad. Like, he'd be sitting in the recliner, and I'd be a little kid, and I'd put my arm up in the arm wrestle, and I'd try to beat him, never could. And when I was 15 years old, I finally beat my dad. And uh, so I could beat everybody in school. And my senior year in high school, I was at Bowtech. So I was taking auto mechanics, which I didn't really do very well at, but um, I did a lot of arm wrestling at, at auto mechanics. But I was at the we was at cafeteria table, and they're like, I go there second in the state. I'm like, well, let's arm wrestle. So I beat the guy, and he's like, you should go to this tournament. And that was the Saline County Fair in 1990. <laughs> I ended up taking third place. I feel like arm wrestling should be at a county fair. It, that's how it got started for me, yeah. right? And that was it. I, I took third place. I was hooked. I came back home. I built an arm wrestling table, a wrist wrestling table. And that's where you lock hands in the middle and you pin your opponent to your forearm. It's not as much technique involved, a lot more upper body strength. But I didn't really build it the right height. I built it for my height. So I built it like three inches too tall. Uh. And uh, started holding tournaments at the boys club. And then fast forward and... 36 national titles, 23 world titles, and I traveled all over the world. Wow. Yeah. What is it technique? Is it strength? What's the main thing that makes you such a great arm wrestler? My disgust for losing. Uh, <laughs> I've always told people my disgust for losing will outweigh your desire to win every time. The thrill of victory, like my wife, she lets me celebrate a victory for about a week. I walk around the house, chest all out. She's like, yeah, dude, it's just arm wrestling. It's not that big a deal. Your, your week's up. But that loss eats away at me. And uh, it's really, I just hate losing. I try as hard as I can not to. Now, as far as whether it's strength or technique, at, a, at an amateur level, technique's very important. So if you had a twin brother and I taught you technique and yeah. he didn't know it, you're going to kill him. Once you become a world-class arm wrestler, we all know the techniques and it comes down to who's stronger. Mm. So is, is, it, is it about leverage? Is that the main thing? Yeah. So most people think arm wrestling is a pushing sport. Yeah. Like you just try to push your opponent down. Arm wrestling is really a pulling sport. It's more of a tug of war. I'm going to try to pull you as close to me as possible. Oh. And then I try to try to lay over, you know, once I get you real close to my body, I try to bend my body over to, into a pin you. I've seen all these videos online where it, like guys are like bending their bodies over and like hunching themselves down. Is that actually good technique? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's funny because when I first saw Over the Top years ago, I was an old school wrist wrestler, just threw my shoulder behind it. And I thought the whole movie was, was fake. I'm like, yeah, that's not even technique. That's not. And I realized, oh, crap, they were doing it right, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's outside move. There's a top row, which is the most advanced move. And that's basically, you start off with your knuckles high, and you use like a hammer curl, and you pull your opponent back, and you try to crack your opponent's wrist. Mm. So you cup, and then high knuckle and pronate through their hand to get the wrist to go back. That's the most advanced move. And then there's a hook and drag where you just kind of turn into a hook, use your bicep, drag them down. 
and you have the shoulder press where you just throw your body behind it. What do people think that you do for a living? Like if you sit next to somebody on a plane or somebody watch, watches you walk through the wind here, what do they think you do? Most of the time it's football. Um, uh, I, yeah. yeah, my wife. Or pro wrestler. I do get pro wrestler occasionally. <laughs> and sometimes I get mistaken for Triple H. Um, I guess oh, bald and beard, you know, I yes. get that. I get Your that beard's around. just a bit too long. I, I do have a long beard. Yeah. That's because the wife as well, she likes the, the big crazy look. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so she got me this ring. Uh, I won a one of won a couple of world championship rings and uh oh yeah let's see that hold that up to the camera here yeah yeah there it is yeah so yeah um instead of wearing the brands that i had worn uh, won the different leagues she's like well, let's just get your ring made with all the professional leagues that you've been the world champion of so it's got around the ring it's got every league i won the world championship that's of. so cool yeah. so at a quick glance someone's like oh i super bowl champ yeah yeah that's what they mostly think and i mean and, and then this week in particular here in vegas walking around with Olympia here in town, there's just so many gigantic people. Huge. Like, there, I mean, a lot of them aren't as, well, I mean, until you see the ones who, like, aren't actual competitors, but they're my height, they're bigger, and then they're massive. Yeah. Most of the bodybuilders are shorter and just freaks. Yeah, super most of them thick, are like, you know? we had Jay Cutler sit exactly where you sat on the show. He's like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, yeah, yeah. one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. But he's like short and like super wide. Dense. Yeah. yeah. Just so, so thick. But every time I, I've, I've never been. <laughs> Never been to a bodybuilding show. Never been to Mr. Olympia. Never been to like the Arnold Classic. Because I'm like, I don't want to be the smallest guy in the entire expo. Well, the one thing that I always get when I go to these things is like, I should have been better with my nutrition. Because <laughs> I'm walking <laughs> around and everybody's super shredded. And I'm like, eh. do you think <laughs> get my shirt on. <laughs> you think the people that aren't competing dial it in? They're like, oh man, Olympia is coming up here. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I got to stand at a booth. <laughs> I want to look gigantic. I definitely think there's a lot now. The funny thing is, and you'll see this, uh, like Kai Green, he's he's a Redcon one. I'm a Redcon one athlete. And By the way, I'm addicted to Total War. We'll have to get you just oh. Total War. I'll let the guys. I've know. had Rudy give me a bunch of it. Rudy, yeah, yeah. I love Rudy. He's awesome. He's a, he is awesome. So shout out to Rude Muscle because he hooked go. me up with a lot of it, and I'm like, yeah. gotta yeah. stop it. I've been like, sometimes I like take Total War before an interview, which is I just yeah, you get super jacked, then I guess right. <sighs> yeah, Michael, ah, Michael Todd, welcome. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um. I love I love all their products, but yeah. So Kai, he will uh, he always has a hoodie on, and you see that a lot with these guys who are super super jacked and super shredded. If they're not in contest shape, then I mean they kind of got body dysmorphia, kind of like mm. I do. Like I was a short chubby kid growing up, so I always feel like I'm a little fat, you know. And uh, it's funny because if they're not as jacked or as lean as you see them in competition, sometimes they're going to keep it hidden. So those are the type of guys that are like, man, my body fat's in the double digits. I must be like huge now. Right, right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No, man. I mean, that's the thing is I'm, I'm getting, as I've gotten older, I'm getting better with just being comfortable in my own skin. Like, you know, I used to, if I didn't have abs, it wasn't this, I didn't feel as good. And I still do want to be the best athlete I can be. I turned, yeah. I turned 50 in like six months. Oh, so. that's incredible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm real, I'm blessed that I get to, uh, that I get to um, compete and, and still live a healthy, fit lifestyle. So, the yeah, really interesting thing about your sport is there's a lot of people in every other sport that when they get into their 30s, they're old. Right. When they get into their 40s, they're probably not playing unless you're Tom Brady. How, how is it in arm wrestling that it seems that the older you get, the better you get? Well, that's the one thing about arm wrestling is it's tendon, ligament, strength. So it's, it's joint. I mean, once you get real rigid, <laughs> You, you actually become a better arm wrestler. They're stronger in the, your tendons and ligaments. And like my arm, I've lost 17 and a half inches, 19 and a half inches range of motion in my right arm. Uh, the doctor x-rayed it 12 years ago and said they found over 70 fractures. So, so I'm about to do this for the camera. Um, so this is my left arm straightened up. 
Okay. This is my ride. Uh, wait, what? Hey, do do the, this camera. Oh yeah, I yeah. see. Uh-huh. Way worse, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so this is what's even worse than that. Um, my left arm will come all the way back to my shoulder. Okay, yeah. My right won't come past here. No way. Look at the size of this bicep, though. That's why. That's it. It's because you got this gigantic bicep there. <laughs> no, it's really it's just uh, multiple fractures and bone growth and all kinds of stuff. So if you have 70 or had, maybe you still do have. I would assume I have more now because that was 12 oh, years ago. Yeah. They didn't do anything to fix no, my this? My right arm's never had surgery. It's just uh, just keeps calcifying and just turns into some weird freaky joint. If you measured your right arm, would it be that much bigger than your left arm? Or is it the opposite? My right arm is about a half inch bigger than my left. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, my right forearm is about three quarter inches bigger. My right forearm is quite a bit. But you you are also wrestling with, or arm wrestling with both arms. Yeah. So I won world titles um, probably right down the middle. I've got 23 world titles, probably 12 right, 11 left, 36 national titles, somewhere almost even. But the left arm uh, actually landed on the table behind me 12 years ago in the middle of a world title match. The doctor misdiagnosed me and said I had a muscle tear. So I went into the match. I didn't test it out at all. As soon as they said go, I drove into position. And it was on Eurosport. So there's all these cameras. And I'm putting, I'm putting on a show. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Pow. It just, medial cloud ligament rips off the bone. The flexor mass rolls up the forearm and the elbow dislocates about oh. six inches. Yeah. It literally flops the table right behind me. Like I'm facing this way and it slaps the table. No way. Yeah. So that's, that's what that scar is from. Oh, that's a big scar. But yeah, so they rebuilt it. I've won a couple of world titles since then, but the left just doesn't have the same integrity as the right. Like, I don't trust it as much. Are you naturally ambidextrous? No. Um, in 1994, I was at the national championships in Windsor Locks, Connecticut, and the first time they ever had left-handed competition at the national level, and it was on Friday. The right hand was on Saturday. I couldn't stand to watch people arm wrestle without me, so I went ahead and entered the left. So that's how. And you won the left? No, no, I got killed. <laughs> <laughs> what about the next day with the right? I actually took fifth that year. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so I took my first national championship was I was 176 pounds in 1992. I finished seventh. The next year, I finished third behind the greatest arm wrestler of all time, John Brzezink, and then Ron Bath is another legend. And I finished third at another nationals. I went to the world championships that year and finished sixth. But it was uh, I competed for 10 years before I won my first mm. national championships. But then I won every year for 10 years. The really interesting thing to me about arm wrestling is the barrier of entry is it's, it's like nothing really. You know, do you have an arm? Like yeah, that's, exactly. That's it. Whereas like if you want to play hockey, for example, you need the equipment. If you want to play basketball, you at the very ne- least need a ball and a hoop. With arm wrestling, you could do it anywhere. Basically. Any surface. Yeah. As long as you have a surface that you can arm wrestle on. I mean, it's preferably to have a table. But any surface, in, you know, you can challenge somebody in arm wrestling. Yeah, this is very much like a schoolyard. I, I would do it all the time, and I was not not great at it. And it's interesting because it wasn't always the biggest or strongest looking guys that would be great at arm wrestling. My stepson's a seven time national champ, and he he right now he weighs about one eighty. He he's one he's won the one twenty ones, the one thirty twos, one forty threes, and he had my, my granddaughter, and so he put on some baby weight. But at one hundred and fifty pounds, he could just walk through everybody in my town. What is it? He knows how to arm wrestle. I mean, but oh. he's also very very strong in arm wrestling. People are like, that guy's strong in the arm. I'm like, no, his bench press muscles are strong in mine. My mm. arm wrestling muscles are highly developed. So what does your normal workout look like? Is it just like right arm workouts all day? No, there are some people that do that. They just, they prioritize just training the right arm. I try to train like an athlete and then I just incorporate arm wrestling specific exercises inside my circuit. So I'll do like, so years ago I used to do, you know, multiple sets. Like say I'm doing chest or lat pull downs or whatever. And I do, you know, three sets or whatever. Then I was like, that eh, just takes too long. Because it wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't stress relief. It was a job. It's something I had to do. Yeah. How can I get this job done as quick as possible? Yeah. So I would just do one set of 30. So, and then I'd go to the next exercise, one set of 30. 
And so I just started doing sets at 30 of everything. And then I started increasing the weight significantly. So like my chest workout years ago would be 225 on the incline, 30 reps. And then I'd do 30 pull-ups and 225 on the flat, 30 reps. And then I'd do 30 lap, lap pull-downs. And it was just, I'd just be repping 225 all the way through my workout, you know, Jeez. for 30 reps. Now I do that, but I incorporate wrist rolls. So I have a wrist roller, a cable pull that mimics arm wrestling, and then I do battle ropes to blow up your hands. Yeah, I've seen you where you're like, you're on a table, like with a cable. Right, right. So that's one thing. Uh, there's all kinds of different arm wrestling attachments now. Uh, people have developed different handles, spinning handles, pronation handles, cupping, supination handles, just to train various techniques. And Because, I mean, you're not always going to have a training partner. And sometimes if you're the strongest guy in your club or your group, yeah. It's hard to get that work. Sometimes sure. you have to put up like a hundred pound band on the opponent, pull against them and the band. So where do you find a, an arm wrestling group or a club? Like? Well, they're all over the place. I mean, if I tell people like, well, where can I find a club? Usually just go to Facebook and type in arm wrestling in your area and somebody's going to come up. Um, there's actually an arm bet app that you can go on and find and you can click, are there arm wrestlers in my area? And they'll come up. It's, yeah. So there's a lot. I mean, ever since COVID actually helped arm wrestling out a lot huh. because there weren't any like, sports going on so people went to youtube they found arm wrestling and arm wrestling kind of blew up yeah i feel like it's like right there on the brink of being like a major sport what's what's holding it back okay so that that really is the case i believe as well i think we're kind of like where ufc was right before ultimate fighter um we're still kind of underground there's still a decent fan base but it hasn't went mainstream yet yeah to me the it's character build up like if you just turn the channel and you see two people arm wrestling you're not invested but if i know why i should vote for Chris or pull for Chris or why yeah. I should get behind Michael. You know, once I know who the characters are, it's a lot easier to get invested in. That's a really good point. And I, in my opinion, I feel like there's been some elements of pro wrestling that has kind of like seeped its way into the arm wrestling world. Right. Where there's good guys and there's bad guys. And how, how, uh, how can you bring more of this? I guess, man, it's just really right now. Um, the athletes taking control of their own narrative, you know, having our own platforms, putting out our own content, letting people get to know us. Uh, I'm probably one of the most hated guys in the sport, and it's because of one of my techniques. It's, uh, it got named the King's Move, and it's it's kind of unorthodox, and it's really because of my lack of range of motion that I just had to develop a way to, to still be competitive. And I ended up beating one of the guys who was the most popular guy, and his legion of followers just started hating me, and then it just kind of rolled from there. But, it's been, I mean, I, it's got me a lot more... I think we've done like 113 million views across all three platforms this year. So. so what's the difference in the technique? Is it just that you pull them in closer on that one? Well, it's one of those where I drop down lower. Because uh, um, if I want height with my left hand, I just bring my hand closer. My okay. right won't get any higher. So to get the height, I had to drop below to get my hand to come up higher. And it, it just kind of looks unorthodox to people. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So there's this guy that pops up on my TikTok for you page all the time. He's the arm wrestling whisperer. Yeah, the, the biker guy. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of his technique? Uh, he's good. He's, he's a very fundamentally sound arm wrestler. He's a lightweight from Southern California, and he's done great with his brand. Uh, it's funny because we're like, oh, you should arm wrestle. And I'm like, yeah, you should arm wrestle. I would love to. I, I mean, it's just he's in California. I'm in Arkansas. It's way, That's way different levels. Four-hour drive from here. You should go tomorrow. Well, tell Redcon one. Sorry. Should, exactly. Hey, can't do that. Maybe he's here. He could be here. He might be. There's actually a tournament tomorrow. The Ultimate Arm Wrestling League's holding a tournament. It's one of the leagues on the world champion. Okay. They're holding a tournament tomorrow at the uh, the Olympia. So he might be at that. Yeah. I, Good kid, though. I mean, I, I haven't. We've just messaged a few times. But um, he's a lightweight. He's probably a high state level. But he's doing great with his brand. Wait, it's just brilliant the way that he does it. Because he'll grab someone who looks like he's way smaller than that guy. Right. And he'll just be like, it's good. You're strong. Yeah, hold it there. Oh, it's hilarious too because one of my buddies uh, who actually trains with me, he's like the top guy in California. He's like, yeah, he actually doesn't talk like that. He only does it during his video. <laughs> so, and, and then he'll be like, okay, you ready? And then he'll just pin the guy. Right, right, yeah. I mean, because he's going against normal people and that's what I'm saying. Like, you can, you can t- he's like 165 pounds. So you're saying you would destroy him? It would be bad. <laughs> yeah, um, but he's a good kid. Would though. you beat like, him in less than three seconds? Uh, maybe one tenth of a second. Wow! Yeah. As soon as they say go, his hand would get pinned. But that's most arm <laughs> wrestling matches are like that. I'm, I'm the guy that wins the long match. I'm the guy that wins the unwinnable match. Like I get in the worst possible position, and I just I'm too stubborn to quit, so I find a way to win. Hence the seventy plus fractures. Yeah, why is it so often that it's like go pin? That's it, done. Well, at this at this level, and at a lot of different like, there's speed is very important. Um, timing, getting a good setup. And arm wrestling has actually kind of went to the way to where more people focus on getting everything they can in the setup versus just being the stronger guy. I'm still kind of old school in the fact that I just get a really fair grip and just want them to say go. And then if you slip, you go to the strap. And I'm like, just duct tape this. Just wrap me together with this guy and somebody say go. I, mean, I would prefer to arm wrestle that way. But there, I haven't figured, even though I've been doing it in my 33rd year, I haven't figured out the cheating aspect of it very well yet, right? Like, I don't know how to get- How can you cheat? What's Oh, you can manipulate the setup horribly. You can distract the referee while you're getting a higher grip. There's, it's, it's become very um, manipulative, manipulative is the word I want to use, but it's just, there was a league that came out that I'm, World Arm Wrestling, I'm actually the world champion of that league as well. And it was kind of wild, wild west. It kind of threw the traditional rules out the window because they wanted it to be more entertainment. Mm. And with that came, well, hell, what can we get away with, right? Right. And um, so a lot of the arm wrestlers started, you know, going before the go, applying pressure, rising, covering the knuckle, just things that you're not supposed to do. Mm. And then they get away with it. Now it's kind of just standard practice. When I shook your hand when you walked in here, I went, man, that is a meaty fist. When I shook your hand, I'm like, dang. Because honestly, it's hilarious. It doesn't matter if I'm shaking your hand or if I'm shaking an old grandmother's hand. I, I have no idea what you tell me your name is because I'm thinking about how strong your hand is. So I'm, <laughs> it's horrible for business because I always have to ask your name again. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you got a very strong hand. Really? I'm, yeah, I could easily teach you how to beat all your friends for sure. Really? Yeah. Well, let's, I'm going to jump over here. All right. Let's we'll have to probably move the mic and then we'll get back to chatting. Yeah, again yeah. Here, but I want to become a great arm wrestler. So um, 
All right. So let me jump over here. Move, move the mic over there a little bit. That's All right. Cool. Headphones on or off? I look super cool with them on, so I'm, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> and then we'll move the mic so it's in, the, in between both of us right, here. Right. That, that works, I guess? Yeah, we'll hold it here. Okay. So, so first off, I want you to show me what you would normally do. Uh, so just ready like, to go. Okay, so what I, I feel want, like I'm going to win. Yeah, you're not. Um, <laughs> and I'll show you the technique that I would use from here. Okay, so yeah. give me your normal pressure. Ready to go. So I'm going to use my elbow. So you have a seven-inch elbow pad, so I'm going to drag Ooh! my elbow back. Yeah. So that's back pressure. Yeah. Now, the largest muscle you're going to use is your back, right? Okay. So your lat. So imagine doing a one-arm row. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So imagine doing a one-arm row. Drag your elbow back. Oh, I can bring my elbow back? Yeah, yeah. I have seven inches. Yeah. Seven. yeah. See the first, see how your knuckles are? Here, I'll tighten this down here. Yeah, it's all over the place. Well, it's because we're supposed. Yeah, we're supposed to be sitting over there. Okay. Missile. Mm. <laughs> That'll work. You know what? That'll work. Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's okay. All right. Okay. Now everybody's watching here. Yeah. So see how your knuckles are pointing in my face? Yeah. The first thing you want to do is take your wrist Ooh. and kick it down so your knuckles are pointed to the feet. But now your knuckles are facing my face. Well, then I'll just raise Whoa! my back up. But so what you want to do from here is use your spread your fingers across the back of my hand. Okay. And on go, you want to crunch down in this position. Ooh. And then you want to take your knuckles, go high, and pull straight back and try to pick your wrist. Okay. So I get dragged down. Oh wow. Now from there, let your body just bend sideways like a side bend without twisting. Mm. Twisting twerks your arm along the face like twerking your counter press and snap your hand. Mm. So see how your left shoulder's back? Yeah. Bring it in. Okay. Now just keep dragging your left shoulder and fall back. Don't turn away from your hand ever. Oh, now from that position, I'm gonna drag you back. Stay tight. Oh my gosh! Wow. But yeah, that's it. So arm wrestling. So sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. We're, we're gonna. Yeah, okay, there we go. Try to get this mic here. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it just keeps floating. It's okay. Yeah. So up down. This one straight. I'm gonna pull straight back to my hand. Keep dragging. Now, that pressure right there, you're way, way stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a position you want to be in when you're pulling But somebody. you can still turn it from there? Yeah, which, do you want me to go inside, outside? How do you want to? <laughs> How do you want to lose? Okay, I'm, I'm going to pull tighten up real tight. Oh, my arm's going to break. Well, all I'm doing is the same thing I'm teaching you to do. I'm just doing it with more power, you know, because arm wrestling <sighs> muscles are highly developed, you know? I'm going to win. Huh? I'm going to win. Okay. <laughs> So you're still trying to push. Yeah. You're trying to push my hand down. Drag it. Tug of war. Tug of war. And just let your body keep falling. Keep going. Now like you're the whisperer. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go into your sideways a little bit. Tighten up. I'm going to push this way. Oh. So that's side pressure. So that's a different pressure we weren't talking about. We're back over here now. We're back over there. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. We were okay on the audio there, right? Okay. How can you, you said that when you go to expos, you'll do that all day, like beat the champ. Yeah. And that's when my arm hurts. And we did that for two minutes years ago. So when I first started, um, I ended up moving down to Baton Rouge. There was a guy down there that I went to my first arm wrestling tournament. He's like, Hey, you should come down here and start training with us. And I'd go down there and we'd arm wrestle. You got a bunch of fans here now. Look at this. All right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'd arm wrestle 500 to a thousand matches a night, three days a week. How? What? Yeah, there'd be 20 guys and we would just bang, just get on the table and just. My arm it. feels like it's going to fall off. 
Well, the more you do it, it hurts. Arm wrestling, most people who start arm wrestling quit within the first year because the arm wrestling pain is like a really bad toothache pain in your bones. Mm. So it just hurts really bad. Yeah, it's like right here, like so that's the insertion more, of the bicep. Yeah, that's more tendon ligament. Okay. The one that gets bad is when it hurts across your humerus. Oh. It's from all that torque, and it just like, it'll. Man, I've cried my arms to sleep so many times. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's how you get good at it. But that's one thing we do, beat the champs at these expos. And that's, I tell people for, from a brand perspective, having me on your team or any high-level arm wrestler versus like, so you have John Jones or some UFC champ or anybody. Yeah. A uh, wrestler. Yeah. You can get a picture and you can get an autograph. Yeah. You don't get to get in the ring and fight them. You That's don't get to, true. Yeah, you can't be shooting threes with. Right. LeBron James. Yeah. Or right. But the arm wrestling table, you got a chance. And the funny thing is, the story can be, I was this close to beating the world, whether you were or not, you know. Yeah, um, I was so close to beating you. So close. Yeah, so close. But yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a memory. It's an interaction. It's the experience they have with that brand. And we always seem to do really well. Um, you, you'll watch around and you can see at different expos. The one that has the arm wrestling table is always the one that's got the most attraction because everyone wants to arm wrestle. But it's something like Olympia. Uh, is some gigantic dude going to come up and be like, I'm, I'm going to beat you? Well, they may come up and say that, but they're not going to be. You know? It's just... Now, there are freaks that exist in the world. Yeah. And the more popular arm wrestling is getting, the more chance those people will come out of nowhere. But no one, we've yet to see anyone come out from any sport or any, just come out of nowhere who could just take on the, the best of oh. the world. Because you have to, you have to be conditioned. Um, there are guys that have huge hands, like Shaquille O'Neal uh, would be phenomenal. Could you beat Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, but I mean, if, I, if you taught him how to arm wrestle, Four or five years, he could be really, really good. Sure. Brian Shaw, uh, world's strongest man, Brian Shaw. Yeah. Massive individual, six foot eight, 440 pounds. He's actually dabbling a little bit in arm wrestling. Wouldn't right he have to cut down 200 pounds to make weight? No, there's no weight class. It's oh, super heavyweight. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, he would get to pull in the super heavyweight category, which is the category I'm usually in. That's tough. At around 270, and I'm pulling the 350, 400 pound guys. Now, my training partner, I'm going to tell you about him real quick. Uh, we call him the gorilla because he's the closest thing to a human form gorilla I've ever seen. Uh, Corey West is his name. You can check him out. He's six, three and a half, 440 pounds. And I have a video on my phone over there of him reaching down, grabbing a master lock and snapping it off with his bare hands. That's insane. It's insane. Like I wouldn't even think to try it. Right. But basically what happened in the story is he was at work and they lost the key. So one guy went to get a set of boat cutters and everybody else was just standing around. He reached down and grabs it, snaps it off. So I start telling the story, right? Yeah. I haven't seen it, but he told me, I'm like, Hey, it's telling the truth. A couple months later, he's like, check out, check your inbox. I'm like, why? He goes, well, you told the story so many times. I figured I should do it again. And he sent me a video of him just snapping the lock with his bare hands. It's no. insane. What? It's unbelievable. I haven't posted it yet, but when I do post it, that is definitely going to be a viral video because who can do that? I don't know. I don't know. How do you develop hand strength? Because like you, and actually we talked about Ted, Dr. Bo Hightower, who connected us. So super grateful to him for awesome that. Awesome guy. Yeah. His hands like yours are very meaty. So my hand hasn't. I don't have a large hand for, for a guy in my frame, right? My, my hand's not huge in dimension, but it's thick. And it's thick from just years of training. And what I've done is I've just taken a, like a manual labor approach to training. Um, people say we can't train the same muscle groups every day. Well, people go into boot camp and do push-ups every day and come out with a jacket chest. That's true. I mean, we see that all the time. Yeah. Mechanics go to work every day and turn wrenches. Mm -hmm. They don't go to work today. I'm like, well, I got to take off tomorrow because it turned wrenches. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday was wrench day. Yes, can't yeah. do it again. <laughs> Carpenters, you know, pipe fitters, uh, shrimp boat guys. I mean, they're working their hands, wrists, or farms every day, you yeah. know, hauling hay, anything. Yeah. So if you just take the same manual labor approach, you just train your hand, wrist, and farm every day. So what does that look like in a gym? 
well, I have it. So you can go to monsterfactory.shop. I have some different um, training equipment. One is a wrist roller. And uh, I, I, I just set it up and I just roll forward with, you know, weights and stacks of weight. And then I let it go down. And I roll it backwards to forward and backwards. And then spinning handles, like I was saying, the, the spinning handles set it up for arm wrestling and just up and spin. And honestly, battle ropes blow my hands up like crazy. People are like, oh, you're not doing them right. Yeah, I'm doing them for hands. You know, because what's once it you, look like when you do them for hands? You just don't have to be as intense with them. Oh. Because a lot of, so have you ever done any BFR training, blood flow restriction? Yes. I just did it with Diamond Dallas Page. Dude, yeah. So I did yoga with Diamond Dallas Page last year. We did a crazy He's tour. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Awesome. Phenomenal shape. I right? spent a whole day living like Diamond Dallas Page. I did a hyperbaric chamber. Oh, we that was did awesome. the breathing. We did a cold plunge. We did the blood restriction, uh, restricted training, which blew my arms up. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. So he was awesome. So I've been doing BFR since 2016. Oh, wow. Um, I tore my right pec and my physical therapist was like, you need to start doing some BFRs. Well, instead of doing them the way you're supposed to do them, I just said, screw it. I'm just going to do my normal workouts with BFRs. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it's been horrible, right? It's the most excruciating workout you ever do. Absolutely. The pump is unbearable, but it trains you. And this is what I always try to tell people. Most professional arm wrestling is one-on-one. -on -one. Like you and I would arm wrestle the best of five, first one, most of six rounds, whatever. And sure. So I can go 100% of my maximum effort for up to 10 to 15 minutes because I do it every single day of my workout. From the moment I start my workout, I set a timer and I don't stop until I'm done. Like I'm always lifting and I always have the BFRs on. So the pump that you get during training, and I tell people, listen, if, if you prepare for worst case scenario, you're like, well, my hand wouldn't have got pumped out of one. Well, train when your hand's pumped. So I train for the worst thing that could possibly happen so that when competition day comes, I'm already prepared for it, you know? Yeah. But the pumps are really bad. So I don't know what I was about to say. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> in the circuit will be, uh, like, say it's back a back day. I'll do 30 reps of spinning handle uh, pull downs. So the whole time is trying to rip your whole hand open. And then I'll go to wrist rolls, cable pulls, and then I'll do battle ropes. And at this point, your hands are blown up already. And that's just round one. You got five rounds. So the next one is seated rows, spinning handle, same thing. Finish the circuit. And then I'll do one arm rows from a cable with a spinning handle, sometimes a three-inch thick handle. It's horrible. Uh, and then I'll do bent over rows, spinning handle, and then straight bar pull-downs. It's the only back exercise I do that isn't hand and wrist related. Oh. But your hand and wrist are so pumped throughout the circuit because you're doing wrist rolls, cable pulls, and battle rows. When you get done, it's just it's brutal. Put your oh. hands like that. How much longer could you keep up this pace? <laughs> I don't think I've peaked yet, honestly. Come um, on. I swear. I tell my wife all the time, we, are, we have something really cool planned for this next year. And I'll, I'll so we did a tour last year. Last year, I, we jumped in. I raised about $100,000. I got an RV. I wrapped it. And we did a five-month tour. We traveled all 48 continental states, 20,000 miles. And I did an arm wrestle over 3,000 matches. I would just fill out the arm wrestling table and take on all comers, right? Did you win all 3,000 matches? No, I probably lost about 30. No way. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because YouTube and social media is so, if they don't, if you don't have a social media platform, they're like, oh, you're a bum. Mm. So these guys that were beating me inside these huge practices were like, oh, you lost to nobody. I'm like, yeah, that guy's like a three-time world champ. You know, you just don't know him. He doesn't have social media. But it was awesome. So we had a great experience. We enjoyed it so much. And uh, I've been so much a pro arm wrestler doing one-on-one -on -one super matches for the last decade. I want to get back to tournament arm wrestling, double elimination tournament arm wrestling. So I partnered with Redcon One Energy and uh, we're rewrapping my RV. With, and we're going to go on the road again. And I'm, it's my quest to win 100 first places starting January 7th. So I'm going to be on the road next year until I win 100 first place awards. 100 in a year or just 100? You're not stopping until you win 100? Well, I, I, the goal is to do it within a year. I, I've done, I've conserved, I do it in a weekend at this rate. I've conservatively done the math. Now, that's the reason I'm cutting weight. Like, I'll pull the 242-pound division right and left. Mm -hmm. Super heavyweight division right and left. Sure. Over 40 division right and left. If there's an overall division, you know, tell me if I could win – Every division, which I won't be able to because, you know, be on mess almost every week. 
Um, I've conservatively done the math. And if I, if I win most of the things, I will have 100 awards by the end of August. What's your recovery look like? Well, the way, the, the way it's going to look out on the road is I'm going to do an arm wrestle on Saturday. Uh-huh. On Sunday, I'll do back and bicep. Monday, I'll do chest and tricep. Tuesday, so, I'll do shoulders. Hold on. After really working your arm, you're then going to have an arm workout the next day. I'm a huge advocate. I've told everyone for years, uh, you arm wrestle, it hurts so bad, you won't be able to straighten your arms for like three days. If you do biceps, high volume bicep workout the very next day, it'll be excruciating for the first three rounds. But then you get that blood in there, blood heals damaged tissue. I can go back to heavy benching the very next day. That's wow. Yeah. So it'll be back and biceps, chest, triceps, shoulders, and then legs on Wednesday, rest Thursday, Friday. Now, you just mentioned it because you said you did cold plunge with um, uh, DDP. DDP. So I just partnered with Plunge, and my plunge is on its way right now. I just got a plunge. I just I talked to him about it because I talked to him two weeks ago when I was here for the rodeo. I'm like, oh, dude, Chris just got a plunge. Said he just filmed some stuff with us. Yeah, yeah. I'm su- super stoked. Adam is who I was talking to. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I get my plunge coming, and so I'm a big advocate. That's going to change your life. I really think so. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, one for the recovery, which is amazing for you as a pro athlete, but right. two for just like the mindset of like it's cold this morning. Yes. I don't want to get in there. But I know that when I get out of there, one, I will have proved to myself I did something hard. And two, blood rushing. Oh, no, you're releasing the door. I mean, there's so many things about it. Dopamine hit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate of uh, you, you just have to be, I mean, you got to embrace the grind. You know, you got to become comfortable being uncomfortable. We've heard it's, I, I listen to Matt Frazier and Tia Claire Toomey, and we're huge CrossFit fans. And the mindset of a champion, it's just, uh, it's, it sounds like me talking when I hear him talking, you know. And they're very accomplished athletes, the best to ever do it. But it's just there's something different about when you when you embrace the grind and you're just like, listen, I'm gonna do what others won't do, you know. And that's the thing. I, all my con- all my training, everything's online. Everything I do, every preparation for every match. They're like, why do you put all your stuff out there? I'm like, well, if you want to beat me, after I work me. I'm confident you want to work me. You know. Where did this mindset come from for you? Actually, I don't know. Um, mm. I've always just been extremely competitive. My family will tell you, don't play cards with me. Don't do I mean, like If you and I start shooting the basketball, we got to start picking score, even if it's 21 or four. I mean, I can't just do things for fun. We went bowling the other night for my wife's birthday party. There's about five people in the lane. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm done. I got to get my own lane because <laughs> I can't sit around <laughs> and wait, right? Like, I'm just, I'm extremely competitive. I've always been that way. And um, it's just, I've always, I, I want to fulfill my potential in every area of my life, whether it's being a better Christian, better husband, better athlete. You know, so every day I just try to be better than I was yesterday. When you lock up with somebody for the first time, can you instantly feel, oh, yeah, I'm going to beat this guy? 99% of the time, yeah. Yeah, you'll know. I mean, so this guy that I'm pulling for the, for the light heavyweight world title, he is extremely explosive. He has a very good hand. Um, but I don't believe he's, I don't think he has a, a clear lane of where he can beat me. I don't think he's going to beat my hand enough to where he's going to put me in a disadvantage to where he'd be able to transition around to pin me. There's so many different techniques that he'd have to do. Um, the only way I believe he could beat me is if he's able to flash me as soon as I say go. Mm. And very rarely. But you already know that. Yeah, very rarely can anyone do that. Ah. So, I've seen so many arm wrestling matches where it looks like the one guy is about to lose. His, his hand is half an inch away and somehow he comes back and pulls a win. How does that happen? Well, I jokingly used to tell people, like, if you get me almost to pin me and you're not going to pin me, I might as well pin you, you know? And it just comes down to, there's not a position on the table right-handed that I'm uncomfortable with unless I'm touching the pin pad. There's not a position on the table right-handed that I can't win from. Uh-huh. If, if I watch an arm wrestling match and you pull it up, I can tell you how each, what each guy has to do to win. But, but it's just habit. I mean, I've done it. They're like, you must not, you, have you ever been beat? I'm like, dude, I've lost 100,000 times. I just don't lose much anymore because I've arm wrestled well over a million matches, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just, 
I don't know. It's just weird. I'm not a great teacher of our message because everything I do is just so instinctive because mm. I've been doing it for so long. It's just, it's but a, you can see stuff and go, oh, you know, change your wrist here, do this with your knuckles. Or yeah, I mean, I've trained exactly what you did to me. Well, I mean, I've trained probably a, a dozen people, but won national titles, a half dozen people become world champion. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not the most patient teacher. <laughs> I'm like, dude, just do it. You know? but, um, and my wife, she's a seven time national champion as well. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, she, she actually kills it. She's super strong. She's, um, How quickly would you beat me? Uh, like three seconds. Well, okay, so if she could beat your hand, she'll beat you. But your hand's big enough that you may be able to shut her down. I don't. I'm not. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't actually arm wrestled in I don't know, 15 years or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, I don't let arm wrestle men very often. But if she can, if she can beat the hand, she's going to take you. Um, the thing about her though is, like in the beginning, I taught her, and then it. Had, my stepson's a seven-time national champ, so I actually kind of had to pass it off to him because I'd be like, "Honey, do this," and. There the fight starts, you know, because I told you I'm not super patient. So then I get really frustrated and then, then somehow I'm in the doghouse. So. so how many more matches do you think you'll have this weekend? Uh, you know, uh, pro matches, actual matches, and then just people coming up and being like, all right, let's do this. So the thing about this, and I'm going to tell you this real quick. We probably need to in here in a little bit, but um, I actually have a partially torn right bicep. I did. I did have a partially torn right this bicep. This sounds like an excuse. Well, it, I, we, we can call it that. Um, but I, I ended up having stem cells uh, in phenomenal and four weeks later completely reattached I ended up getting a second dose of stem cells and that was three and a half weeks ago wow so i really haven't tested the arm yet but it's amazing when you look at the ultrasound you see the complete detachment on the top end is attached on the bottom and then you see it completely reattached so i'm super excited about that now the left shoulder um we were <laughs> so we were hiking in the uk we took a two-week tour of the uk and uh i took two falls like within 30 minutes of each other on a, on this hike Apparently, my wife says I'm accident prone. I don't think that's the case. I just think I fall a lot. <laughs> but, um, so I fell, and I'd already had an injury in my left shoulder. Fell wrong. And then I fell on my right arm. And shortly after that, I had a big practice. And then shortly later, I was going to beat the champion. The tear in my bicep. The left shoulder, I actually got it MRI'd at the same time. So my subscapularis is completely torn off the bone, 1.5 centimeters retraction. And then the supraspinatus is partially torn. So I ended up getting stem cells in both spots. I don't think it's going to do anything for the full detachment, but it's helping the super spin. So I'm, I'm kind of injured, but I'll get on the table some. So I probably a couple hundred matches. A couple hundred matches. <laughs> yeah, it won't eh, be, you know, nothing big. Well, I mean, it'll just be, you know, I'll test it out, see how it feels. If anything feels uncomfortable, I'll stop. It's really amazing how we're talking about stem cells now, like very much in the infancy of what's possible here. I, I read uh, Tony Robbins' book, Life Force, and he talks about just how great stem cells are. I feel like, People will be having these types of conversations in 10, 20, 30 years. Like it's you know the same as like icing your shoulder or something. It's just like, oh, you haven't got stem cells yet. Here you go. Like, oh, 100%. I mean, I, the th thing about it, regenerative medicine, it's just the science is there. Um, you only have one body. You only have one chance at this thing. Why not live your best life? Um, is it okay if I mention the guys I got it from? Of course. Check out Botticell Biologics. Uh, use code MONSTER. They are spectacular. They've really taken care of me and they're helping out. The funny thing is, since I got them, like four or five of the other aging arm wrestlers in the United States who are among the very best in the world have all gotten stem cells. So our older athletes here are about to be dominant again because we're getting those, <laughs> those new stem cells. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's been such a pleasure having yes, you come sir. by here. Thank, Thank you. you for making me a future world champion arm wrestler. Yeah. Um, I end every conversation talking about gratitude because it's such an important thing in my life. And I say out loud every day when I wake up three things I'm grateful for. And I do it before I go to bed as well. So what are three things... In your life, Monster Michael Todd, that you're grateful for right now? Man, I'm, I have an amazing wife. Um, so I live every day with my best friend. 
she that and we that's why we do this whole social media thing uh so that every single day i get to experience life with my best friend so that's either see a sunset hear a joke and hear her laugh you know whatever she's what i'm most grateful for um lord has blessed me a lot but i have four healthy grandchildren with a fifth one on the way so they're a blessing and just health i'm grateful for my health i'm grateful to be nearly 50 years old and in my mind still believe that there's the best is still yet to come so just positive attitude and amazing wife and support system and just i'm blessed every day all right as we wrap this up let's compare the arms of a normal human to the arms of a monster <clears throat> oh yeah they're almost the same right basically exactly the same <laughs> oh you don't need to zoom in like that come on <laughs> sir thank you. thank you what a what a hand jesus <laughs> catching it's like a catcher's mitt man thanks for having me really no i really appreciate you awesome, thank man. you There we go. So much value there from Monster Michael Todd. And it really makes me interested where the future of arm wrestling is headed. I mean, it's a sport that everybody's familiar with. Everybody has arm wrestled somebody at some point in their life. So I feel like, you know, you got some huge personalities here. I really wonder what's next here. Find Monster Michael Todd on social media at Monster Michael Todd. Find me at Chris Fanfleet. And I'll leave you with the words of Ralph Waldo Emerson. Another great quote as we're talking about like starting the year and all that type of stuff. Write it on your heart that every day is the best day in the year. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one for some more insight. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.